We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 341 of the Win Six podcast. Podcast that's proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and a member of the Blue Wire Podcast family. I suppose I could put it like that, Jordan. We're all family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. Jordan, we're here because we've got some breaking news <laughs> to discuss, and that is that. Tanasis Antetokounmpo has signed a two-year deal to return to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, he has. Did you hear this? I did not hear this. I, I'm, 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 I'm breaking it right now, right? Oh, Nobody wow. knows this. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that, of course, is news from 10 days ago, but we, Jordan and I have not recorded. So we're going to do some catching up. We are officially into, you know, quiet time. Silly season of a different kind, not like the crazy silly season of draft and free agency. More the silly season where Jordan and I tend to thrive, you know, this the the actual silly season. So this is this is what I guess this podcast is going to devolve into. Um mm-hmm. but we do have some things to talk about, including Giannis owning a baseball team. See, it's all too silly. Um the schedule, which is always, you know, where the the most deep, involved kind of analysis comes along, right? People love schedule talk, but we've got some coming up. And we're going to take some questions on your NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Because I've noticed Rohan in particular throws this in a lot on Eurostep episodes. He makes sure not to let it go very long, makes sure it always gets in there. But the Bucks are, in fact, NBA champions. So here's your daily reminder of that. Past one month. 
Yeah. It feels longer. I I don't you disagree. Know it, I disagree. I think it's because free agency and draft and all the stuff that happens after it very quickly, even quicker than normal this year, it felt like. It just I'm not banging this drum very loudly, but it just it gets lost in the shuffle of like what we all what they all play for. You're saying people are trying to move on from the books? Is that I'm not saying, I'm just... This is Adam Silver three days later when he stood up on that draft stage and he's like, the new NBA season starts <laughs> now. Oh, like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just chill out for a moment here, Adam Silver. But yeah, look, it's there's been a lot that's happened since then. I think that's where I'm coming from, that it feels quite a while ago. Um, Summer League happened. We talked with the first two games. We, we then both proceeded not to watch any more of it. So no. that's, you know, that's Summer League for you. Plus, Yorgi got hurt for one of them, right? He didn't Yeah, play. which is when my interest really, I was like, I'm not catching up now. You know, I'll yeah. watch I'll watch the, the Sandman highlights on Twitter as they go by, but I, I don't need to see uh, all of, you know, Theo Pinson's minutes. Uh, I've had enough of that already. Where do you want to start? Should we do the big news? The big the big <laughs> brew? Okay, well let's go there first. I've kind of got this is maybe where the the meat of the podcast is going to be, because I've got I've got some questions. It's gonna be really all on your show. I got one Where's big question. One? Okay, well maybe we can go with yours first. Um Giannis is an owner of a professional sports team. He now has an ownership stake in the Milwaukee Brewers. He's investing back in the community in the city he's made it very clear this is something he wants to do feels milwaukee has made him who he is today and he wants to continue to support and put his time and money into the city this was very cool very surprising i wasn't expecting at this point in his career for it to just be like one day oh it seems like Giannis is going to be an owner of a team today um, maybe a team back in Greece I could have seen, like a, not a baseball team, obviously, but a basketball team. Maybe a soccer team, which is something he's had himself, that European soccer teams he considered. But I was not expecting Giannis to, to be a baseball owner. So here we are. He goes straight to the big leagues, and he's a Brewers owner. Jordan, I mean, do I go to your thoughts on this first? Do you want to lead with your question? What, are, what have you got? I feel like... You're at you're at bat, right? Is this, is yeah. this the right terminology? You're, yes, you're ready to you're go. You're correct. You're like Yadis. You're I'm learning, learning the terminology. Exactly. There we go. Uh, the count is three two. Um, pitching is uh, Jesse Orozco. You don't know who these people are, but I don't know two people will. That's all that matters. Um, my question is: What team was that soccer team that came to him and? to invest in because we know that there is a Bucks owner that has ownership in a mm. European soccer team. Mm. I, d- I actually didn't consider that. And also we know that that Bucks owner in the last couple of days has been reported as being, we'll just say in the early stages of getting an MLS team, um, which they're probably going to get it set to be in Vegas, which I think in most major league sports, if you kind of, if you can get the the foundations in place for a franchise in Vegas, it 
seems like you're actually going to get that. So yeah, um, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, so the I'm talking about the Las Vegas villains, as I believe the trademark filed was for, and. We're talking about Wes Edens, who, of course, is one of the owners of Aston Villa in the, the English Premier League. I wonder, though, was that maybe that's too messy? Maybe that's... The soccer player? Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 no, I, I, I set you up for that one. Maybe, maybe, though, that's not something that either party would... I don't know if Wes Edens would propose that. For example... Let's say if things got messy, not the soccer player, but just in terms of a situation at Aston Villa, and that caused a relationship with Giannis to sour, and then he leaves the books. Is that something you really want to mess with if you're Wes Edens? No. So mess, that would be a mess, Edens, right there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that would be a mess, Edens. You're right. So. I don't know if that was necessary. I, I was more thinking the likes of Olympiakos or Panathinaikos, one of the, the big soccer clubs. Does he also, does he also own, because the gym that he played at for Philothikos, is that how you? I, I'm not 100% certain. I believe it's Philothikos. Philothikos. Philatlitikos, I think, is how it is. You're missing a few letters and syllables. Greek, it's the, it, like, Panathinaikos, I have noticed. That's a real struggle for you. Yeah. I know how to spell, well, obviously, I had to spell you it. You don't, for, you're missing some letters, so I think. <laughs> well, I knew how to spell it because of writing it. It's the pronouncing part that's harder. Um, Go on, though. Philatlitikos. I don't, I don't he... know. Does he. Because they also, obviously is it go, does it go by a different name now? Oh no, it's never mind. There's never mind. um, as is the case with yeah. a lot of stuff, you've got sponsorship elements. Yeah. Um, but I I do think it doesn't go by Phil Litikos as its primary name anymore. Zografu. There you go. Based, right. I, I, yeah. yeah. See, that's much easier for me right now. Um, it's once you see Ikeos. Os, yeah, I K O S even. Um, you just Axios. It, it does something to your no free ads. Um, um, <laughs> does he have an ownership in that? I've never heard of that. That seems like something though. That if it's not the case, could be a formality. Yeah, maybe we can maybe, get some more information. Be, I was going to say that. Could, yeah, very um, very soon. Yeah, more more on that maybe this week, but yeah, I I just the Brewers. It's I. Are you in a position to tell me more about Brewers ownership, the ownership group? What kind of owners are they? Are they people? Are they people who like even say we've had with, I mean, Lazarus and Edens in particular, where they are kind of visible. Are you hear from them where they're okay? They are. You're not. Oh yeah. Head. Okay. Yeah. So the Mark um, Mark uh, Antonazio. Okay. Yeah. The he, iOS were in the right kind of places there, not to trip you up. There you go. But <laughs> is he is he the face of it, or is he just the guy available for the press conference? No, he's like the leading face of it. Uh, principal owner is that what I think that's what they refer to him as. Um, yeah, he's. Very much 
out there all the time. They inter- like if you watch Brewer games, he's like I'm not saying every week, but probably two to three weeks, definitely monthly. He's you know sitting at games, will interview with um the you know Valley Sports Wisconsin, their crew, all that stuff. So he's very much a leading face of it, um, like a Lazary or like a Edens, probably even more so. I would say, um, but yeah, and very much like like they. I think he even said it in the press conference, but like they have a stake in the, uh, in the admirals, the, you know, minor league hockey team that used to play at the Bradley center and, you know, all that stuff and definitely have a, I believe he's, I'm trying to remember where he's from. Um, it's not from Wisconsin, but it's kind of like a similar of effect of comes from New York. Yeah. He was born in uh, the Bronx. I comes from New York, New Yorker, right? Yeah, comes from New York. Out of uh, buys a team from Bud Selig, who had a stake in the team despite being the commissioner of baseball and the person that brought the Brewers from Seattle back in the I think nineteen seventy, and kind of just built that team up because you know they were floundering for a very long time before that. Um, I got it for a pretty sweet deal because it was right after they built Miller Park, what used to be known as Miller Park, and we're talking about bucks. Remember, <laughs> I just, I just like, you just like wound it up, or you wound it up, or like, and you've just you've hit it out of the park here. You're going exactly going, um, going, going, gone. No, but yeah, that's but it's very. There's some parallels. This is this is informative though. There's people who are listening who know this, and to those people, I'm sorry, but. I'm aware there are probably also other people like me who don't care a whole lot about the Brewers and their focus is mostly on the books. And I think part of this from the Brewers' perspective, although it was something they sort of shot down in the press conferences, Giannis brings new eyes and different kinds of attention. So there may well be some people who've been enjoying the books, enjoying this wave of success that they've been on and Giannis has brought. And they're now like, oh, hey, the other Milwaukee team who plays most of their season when the books are out of season. Or the key part of it anyway. So there may be some more of that. So, okay, that's some basics of who the ownership are, how that came about. What is the perception of Brewer's ownership? I'm I'm going to say, I'm, I've no doubt, because I know if someone was to ask me this question, if like a Brewer's person was to ask me this question about the books, the answer would be it's actually very, very complicated. And there's a lot of dynamics that if you're following this closely, well, it's tricky. But um, it seems like the Brewers have been very well run from a baseball perspective, from my vantage point in recent years. David Stearns, is he the GM? Am I doing this right, Jordan? Yes, Um, Yes, you're right. Craig, is it Craig Council? Yes, from Whitefish Bay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. is a lot of that is the credit going to ownership from those in Milwaukee from Brewers fans? Like what way, what way are ownership viewed for, I guess, getting the right people in place or I guess the, the last few years where the team has been good. Yeah. I would say, I'm trying to like describe, it's very similar to where the bucks are now because we talk about like the luxury tax and all this stuff and it we're at the point where it's like the Bucks and how they built the roster and obviously like the PJ decision 
It's all based on money. And baseball is very, they don't have a salary cap, uh, or obviously. So it's basically like, how much do you want to build? Like, do you want to spend on your roster? And despite being the smallest market team, which, you know, sounds crazy when you have like team like the Tampa Bay Rays, who it's a bigger market, but their stadium situation has been in flux for a very long time. Same with like the athletics, which is kind of crazy because they're just such an established franchise. But the Brewers, like, I think their payroll is over $100 million for this season, which is pretty – it was not like that for a very long time. Um, it obviously comes, you know, with the territory when you have good players like Christian Yelich and you're spending money on, you know, people that stay for, you know, franchise stars. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's – in part, a lot of the success goes to Stearns and Council – They've been together for, I think, six years. But Antonazio has been the owner for, what, 17 years, 17 18 years, years now? That's what he kept making reference to, yeah. Yeah. And they've been consistently, you know, it's gone, it's gone up, up, up consistently for much of that time um, to this point where, you know, they're, I think they went to the playoffs the last three years, four years, went to the game seven of the NLCS and lost the Dodgers three years ago, like it's still like, and this might be their best team, which sounds crazy, but they've just been really good this year. So yeah, it's very, I think when it comes to like money and all that stuff, like if you get down to like the nitty gritty stuff and like players that they may have not brought back in recent years, there's like a few examples that can come to mind, but it's baseball is just so very like stark and clear about like, when decisions are like financially based rather than like the NBA, they could be like, Oh, we could say like he wasn't a, a culture fits or yes, you yes. know, like all that stuff. Whereas baseball is just like, no, we just don't want to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> lack of a salary cap removes a lot of the coded language. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, you see the same in the world of uh, international soccer. I'm more yeah. than familiar with it. It's like you, it comes down to okay, who's got the deepest pockets? Who's prepared to go into them, and who's not? Like at a certain point, so okay, I get that. So while I've established and what I thought was the case, and you've you've made it clear, Giannis is joining a pretty good situation here. Like, as in for this to be your your first experience of this, it seems like he's really landed on his feet. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely think so. Um, and there's still like. I, I think there was rumblings that they kind of want to do what the Bucks have done with like the Deer District and the Packers have. I'm not saying uh, the Bucks did it first. Packers were building up. They have like their Title Town District, mm-hmm. which is like, I mean, it's Lambeau Field. All that stuff is pretty. Given how small of a town that is, too, like it's everything's geared toward the Packers. But I believe there was some stuff that I saw that they want to try to do that for the Brewers. It's gonna be quite clunky to kind of do it because they're very it's like it's not down it's at the heart of downtown milwaukee Mm -hmm. or something like that it's like built for that stadium so it had to be kind of i i mean that's far from being official so i don't know like what they would do with that but in terms of the ownership group and where they could build the brewers more um i mean the sky's the thing too is that like as crazy as it sounds like and it just gives them a different international 
competitive, you know, brand, if you're talking about branding, I keep using finger quotes today, <laughs> but if they keep, if they're using, you know, Giannis to, you know, bring in some people, which as weird and kind of dumb as that sounds, it's inevitably going to happen. Um, it's probably, it's, it's probably going to bring me in Jordan. I'm not going to lie. But it's, it's, there's a reason it's, it's the very like choice of like, or a very easy choice of kind of just be like, oh yeah, like that's fine. Like there's a, been a lot of players that have done, I think Patrick Mahomes is like the example of it with Sporting KC and the Royals and all that stuff. But like, it's such an easy PR decision, but it actually will probably have an effect on their business in some way or another, whether it's merchandising or whatever they want to do. It's, I don't know. Yeah, we also, I mean, there's been no reporting of kind of terms and what kind of percentage stakes we're talking about. And it, it is a significant size group. I think is it again, 17 people. Um, it has to be significant enough for, for him to, to do it and for to, them to let it happen. Is, and to warn a press conference too. Yeah, and, and that was just my feeling on it because they haven't let anyone in in years. It's not like you can just yeah. be like, oh, I want to, they're very choosy about it and... It was noted in the press conference. Anytime it has kind of come up, well, this person maybe it's you know they all vote on it, and generally those guys are going to be like, yeah, I don't want to dilute my shares, so I'm going to vote no to letting someone else in, where they all unanimously vote yes to let Giannis in, um, because there's very obvious benefits, and I, I like it's something that we'll see evolve over time. It's going to be interesting to see how involved he is in terms of. I just think with Giannis' personality, it's not something he's going to just be like. I'm I'm not saying he made lots of jokes about, you know, having to fight the urge to get involved in personnel decisions. But I I think Giannis is really going to want to know what's going on. Like, really going to want to know. He What we know about him as a competitor, what we know about him in terms of how frugal he is with his money as well. If he's invested in this, he's going to want to know exactly how it's doing. And when it comes to, oh, we're going to, we're paying this much money for this, he's a guy, he's going to have questions. He's kind of, he's shown, he's spoken, and there's enough evidence out there to be like, yeah, Giannis isn't just going to be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I'm here. I'm good with whatever everyone else wants to do. I'll just, you know, I'll sign my name on it. So I think that's really interesting. And from a book's perspective, over time, how that involves his perception of how sports ownership runs is is really kind of interesting like i don't know uh i'm sure there is an element of oh this is great he's investing in milwaukee which he is that the current books ownership group would feel i'm certain it's also crossed their mind though that oh he's now gonna be very much inside another organization see how that works see how other things work and he may welcome with some new opinions and some very like well-informed opinions, not opinions that could be dismissed out of hand about ways you can run a team. I, I think that's just kind of a fascinating strand of this that maybe a lot of people haven't given a lot of thought to yet because it's just a cool thing. But as time goes on, this is something that he's... It's, it's like getting the experience of going to another team and being a star in terms of the access and the knowledge he'll have if he wants it, except he's still a book, but he can apply that. It's a kind of, it's a very, very interesting dynamic that's going to be something that I think we'll have to watch play out over time. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's that stage for him to amass more earnings and 
maybe have a stake in the Bucks after I, he's retired. I would assume that's his plan. It has to be. Like, if he could do that right now, I'm sure he would have done that right now, and they would have done it for obvious reasons. That is not a thing that you could do as an active player. But this is the fact that it could have been, you know, he could have invested in a soccer team in Greece or whatever. The fact that he was like, no, I want a sports team in Milwaukee. And to get to, I guess, some of the really kind of interesting details with this too, he reached out to them in the bubble being like, mm-hmm. I want to invest in a team in Milwaukee. It seems like there wasn't a whole lot of suspense about the Supermax. Whether he was letting anyone know that or not, he was very much, well, this is where I want to be, this is where I'm staying. And to me, that indicated like things would have had to go, things went very badly in the bubble. Things, I don't know they how disastrously... In that, that too. You know I mean? Well, they did get through holiday. I know it they could did, have been better, but, and yeah. it was a very public. Uh, it's not the kind of situation you want going into that. But they got through holiday, which is yeah. yes. they they could point to. Well, there was a major problem, and we solved that one. But it, it seems like the scale of disaster would have had to be off the charts for Yanis to even stop and think and be like, hmm, maybe I don't sign this, and I I look and see what it's out there a year from now. It. That that's the thing that to me was the standout. It's like I didn't I didn't personally doubt it. I remember we had these conversations. I don't think you ever doubted it. You maybe got to a point where you were wavering a little. It did drag on a long time. I think it towards the deadline I was getting a little like, a little AFC. nervy. Who, yeah, who exactly. wouldn't be? Yeah. Well, exactly. Um but it seems like it was you know it was a done deal as far as Giannis was concerned. This is this is where he wants to live, where he wants to raise his family, as he continues to say. And I mean, now it's very difficult to envision that changing anytime, really, kind of ever. I mean, not to not to take the foot off the the gas in terms of feeling the pressure of having to do things right by him and be in the right position and make the right moves. But I think there's a lot of good fate, and you've done the thing. Which, if he didn't have that, that's where it, get, it really gets. As much as he. Has continued. I mean, from the moment he stepped off the court and he walked into the media room post game six, and he's talking about, you know, it's a, it's an addictive feeling. I, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I do think that feeling is different from if you just never won it. You're dealing with all of the weight that hangs on your shoulders. Of you know, he hasn't won one. He might have two MVPs. He might have four MVPs, but he can't get over the line when it matters most. So. That's the thing in this too. It's the commitment to Milwaukee. Um, look, we've seen we've seen another notable an MVP athlete in the state of Wisconsin who has invested in another Wisconsin pro sports team, and it hasn't necessarily guaranteed anything in terms of his happiness or his long term future. But this said a lot, and a lot more than we'd really heard from Giannis about his decision, just in terms of what went unspoken. It just it didn't seem like something he would do. I, I like I mentioned before we see with like Patrick Mahomes, LeBron has a stake in Liverpool. Granted, that's you know out of the country. It's not necessarily Cleveland based. I have heard LeBron talk about Liverpool too, and yeah, I'm hoping Giannis does a bit more homework. Puts yeah, the work in. But there, I swear there was another like kind of 
I get. Well, I mean, also Chris Middleton has a stake in an NBL team. Like we've, mm-hmm. there's been more examples of this. Of it's not just former players that do this now. It's current players that you know kind of see the landscape of international and domestic sports teams. But it just didn't seem like something that he would do. At least to the maybe. Maybe I'll rephrase it. I didn't think it, he would do it to this degree so soon. Um, where he's already amassed what? Let's. I have this up right now. A lot of money. <laughs> he's a ama- He has. He's going to have by the end of his supermax contract. It'll be three hundred thirty-five million dollars in purely contract earnings. And, yeah, purely contract earnings. That's not Nike. Now that is not, gross. That is not including taxes. So yeah. But, but yeah, the the Nike earnings and all of that other stuff is is likely just as significant, if not more, especially um, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing I have with that though, with him doing that now, with a guy like Chris, and I think it would be becoming more common for players to, whether it is something on this scale, which is that you have to be Giannis kind of level of athlete a superstar athlete making serious money to be like oh i'm investing in a major league team right now in the u.s but even say what chris is doing these guys are trying to find ways to be smart with their money to invest their money and there's two schools to that you've got the pat Cotton school where you've got very different interests and your money works in a different way and then uh, there is what I would think is a much more for, for just kind of for smart players who haven't necessarily branched their interests out into finance or in construction. It's like, I want to invest my money. What do I know? I know sports. It's, I, I think that's has to be a big part of where this comes from is I know sports. And mm-hmm. in knowing that and in seeing how just it is possibly a bubble that will burst at some point, but the global TV rights game for sports, there is just, there is a pathway to that money going up and up and up and up. Like in a lot of ways, owning a professional sports team is not something you get into for profit, but I think the current books ownership would be a great kind of case in point of just look at the value of what they own now compared to when they purchased it. Very short period of time. Part of that is down to the good work they've done in the new arena but there's a lot of that too, which is just how the value of the NBA has soared. And there's only so many spots to get in and get a get a, a share of this thing, a very literally a share of the whole pie. And no matter if you're on the best team or the worst team, which we have seen, like it's the books are maybe an extreme example of how their profiles grow and how their value is soared. But lower down the chain, you could be the worst run team in the NBA. And you've also been seeing the numbers go up and up and up and up in terms of your value. That may not equate to your day-to-day profitability if you're a losing team and you can't get fans in the building and no one's buying your merchandise. But in terms of what you could sell it for, in terms of if you want it out, what are you going to get? Are you going to get your money back? Are you going to get your money back at then? some? I think that's something that as a kind of, as an investment would make sense for a lot of players. And also... It's like a trophy, you know. It's it's cool yeah. if if Giannis wants to go and he can go to the owner's suite and be at Brewers games all the time during the off season. Like that's cool. He'll love that. Everyone in Milwaukee will love that, and the Brewers players will love that. Like I, as someone who has no attachment to the Brewers before now, I always likewise with the Packers when there's a Bucks game and you've got 
like a big Bucks game and you've got a lot of Brewers in the building, a lot of Packers in the building, that does add something to it and it brings a kind of cool energy and it's something that we have seen the fans feed off of and it brings something to it and it, it does something very specific for kind of here is the state of Wisconsin sports, which Jordan leads me to the question I want to ask you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is this or are we entering some sort of golden period for Wisconsin? Oh, I was just about to say this. I think we are in it. We're smack dab in it. It's been... I, I know it's obvious to say that we're in it because the Bucks won a championship and championships, particularly outside of Green Bay, have been few and far between. But, like, it, it's there for the Brewers, it seems like. Whether that ends up being this year or next few years, they, they have the open title window, the kind of window we've been used to discussing. That seems to be there for the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Packers' situation is a little bit more murky, but... In the here and now, they still have Aaron Rodgers. Anything can happen, right? Yeah. Two, they went to the championship game the last two years. Both ended in varying degrees of heartbreak and embarrassment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, we'd have to go a long time if it exists to when all three teams were at least above 500. Does it exist? Not, I don't think so. Because the Packers, when the Bucks were like, you know, like the 80s with Marcus Johnson and all that stuff, that was when the Packers were at their worst. The deer, right. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Brewers went to the World Series in 82, didn't go, didn't make the playoffs for 26 more years. In part because the playoff system has changed over the years, and they didn't have wild card and all that stuff. And then, like, like Brett Favre's arrival in Green Bay, that was ninety-two, and they won the Super Bowl in ninety-six. Yeah. He stays till two thousand and seven, <clears throat> and that is that is like the lowest of the low for the books. <laughs> um, exactly. I, mean, I mean, of course, 2014 is an actual lower low, but I think just in terms of year to year, consistent low points that that is kind of the spell with, it's the least memorable spell in that, that era of the team 
unfortunately for them, doesn't have the Brandon Jennings figure to emerge the other side of it even. Um, so, yeah, I, I that's without having the knowledge of the other franchises, I know roughly when they won championships. And, and even couldn't. with, even when they had like a guy like Big Dog or Vin Baker, they're still like kind of, you know. Those teams are bad. Like the Vin Baker teams Those teams are, are terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah like, just... But Glenn Robinson getting drafted, like, it's this great moment. And then obviously had the holdout that, you know, kind of soured. For the million contracts, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy that, you know, just a few months from now, all three, you know, championships are going to reside in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. It is possible, which is a which is an interesting thing, and that also doesn't feel like something that I can think of happening across other cities, other states, very often. I mean, it would be a lot easier for some than others, but I I can't quite think of any off top. I'm sure someone much smarter than me who knows about the other two sports will actually be able to just pull them. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay had the Buccaneers with the Super Bowl and the the Lightning win. Yeah. Don't even have an NBA team, though, Jordan. They did this year. <laughs> That's true. How did that go? <laughs> Not well. Doesn't seem like a, an OKC kind of trial run situation that's going to lead to a I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Uh, Amelie Arena will be back to, you know, the ice will be down all the time at Amelie yeah. Arena. Um, John Henson will be happy for his Lightning team. <laughs> Have we got anything else on this? Look, a week we can talk about anything, Jordan. We got thirty-five minutes out of Yamas being a Brewers owner. You gave me a crash course on where the Brewers are. We talked a little Wisconsin sports history. You know, let's keep moving. The other uh, big Antetokounmpo deal. Tarasas is back. Alex won a summer league championship. (laughs) He did. They're all champions now. Um. Maybe more in Jordan's mind than anyone else's would a summer league title be on similar footing to an NBA title. I don't know. That's the three peat that I want. People were starting to. I'm moving right past that. Yeah. I don't need, yeah. Imagine how many summer league games you'd actually have to watch in a summer to get to the point where they won the summer league championship. It's just, it's not fun. Well, now it's different too because it's. It's a little bit better because they don't have like the bracket. It's the top eight teams that go to the winning fight for the championship rather than have all those teams play. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I thought that's what it was this year until no. it was like, oh no, the books are the books are gone. They're, I was like, they're okay, done. Well, that's, yeah, they phased it out pretty quickly. Though. Less work for me to do. I thought it was going to catch up and then they were just gone. I was like, okay, well, that was quicker than I thought it happened. But Tenassus, a lot of people seem to be worried that he wasn't coming back. I'm sure there were a lot of people who maybe weren't worried. But this was something that I just was like, he's coming back. Of course he's coming back. It doesn't doesn't matter what you're looking at in terms of the construction of the roster and what kind of open roster spots are there. He's going to be back. Someone else is going to be the casualty. He's come back on a two-year deal. Um, there's been no reporting to say otherwise. I'm really, it's safe to assume it's that minimum. They could have given him a little bit more, as we talked about before, but given how they spent their money elsewhere, I don't feel like they were going to go and do that. And there's a player option 
um, reportedly in year two. I'm going to say it's safe to say. The horse special. Yeah, this might be the least suspenseful player option to date. Well, I actually... Well, if he has a big season and a new role, I mean... I was just saying, the only reason why it could be interesting is he could have a bigger role this year. We don't know. He shuts Kevin Durant down in the conference finals. That would be something. (laughs) Um, And then the books let him go to the heat two weeks later. Exactly. We have PJ Tucker insurance. Um, but say if it goes the other way, where like I mean, he played decently this year in terms of minutes, um, and having more of a role, obviously, than you know, 2019, um, 20. But I, I think I said it privately to you, like, the only reason why I think we would think that he, you know, maybe wouldn't have signed back to Milwaukee is if he wanted to play more. Uh, in Europe, but he, I, I mean, he's always going to, if Giannis is in, in, in Milwaukee and if, if Giannis is literally buying shares in the Brewers, if he's now a part owner in the Brewers, I think Tanasis is going to stick around. I, I yeah. agreed with you at that time, but I do think now it's going to be a case of if Tanasis could stay, if the books will have him and um, he'll be there as long as Giannis will be. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And there may well be, he's one of a kind of larger jumble of players that we're going to have to see by the time the season kind of gets down the stretch as the playoffs approach, who is actually in a rotation or who gets minutes in certain situations. Thanasis would have to learn not to foul every 20 seconds. That would be a big adjustment for him, particularly at this point in his career. If he could, if he could make that adjustment, though, there is potential for real minutes for him. I think we, we even saw gaps in the championship run that we've just gone through, where it's like, yeah, if he just didn't fail all the time, he could have played. He's he's the kind of player that they could have used in some of those spots. So, I just um, so I just put this together very hastily. The uh, has played five hundred fifty-one minutes uh, during the regular season. And had 74 fouls. Um, he fouled every seven and a half minutes that he played. That's pretty good. <laughs> in terms on, the of Miles, the rate, it, on the Miles Plumley scale that we used to do a long time listeners mm-hmm. may remember. I don't think Miles was ever that prolific. No. Not at all. Maybe we need yeah. to track Tanasis on that front next season. 45, 45 playoff minutes, 12 fouls. <laughs> I don't even need you. That's that's not even four minutes per foul in the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I could need do to that. improve on that. I guess I could do that with PJ, too, um, as much as I love PJ. But <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it would quite compare to Sanasis. But, yeah. Look, I think there's a chance for him to play. Whether whether he can take it is going to be dictated by those kind of numbers that we've just we just rolled off. All right, the other thing I know the thing that we're all so excited about is the NBA schedule has been released for next season. In one sense, I mean that genuinely, like of course everyone's excited to see the books get their rings, to see a banner raise the Pfizer form, to see 
them take to the floor for a season as NBA champions and go looking to repeat, go looking to defend and retain that title. Most of this, though, is just, you know, we'll all deal with it when it comes. It's like, oh, they're playing the Hornets on Wednesday? Great. But, sorry, Andrew Snyder. Um, Andrew's invited me to Charlotte for... The books play the Hornets like twice in four days in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe I'll find a way to get to Charlotte. I think I need to get to Milwaukee first. But <laughs> uh, the Hornets just came to mind. What the season is actually going to start on for the books. Which, well, I'll be honest, Jordan, is kind of thrilling. You know, I'm, I'm on board with this. The books are going to open up against the Brooklyn Nets. Tough game to start the season. Maybe the Nets, like blow the books out by 40. Honestly, I wouldn't care because the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to stand and watch the books get their rings. And that to me is that is sweet, sweet music to my ears, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think James Harden's going to be thinking when the books are getting their rings. Oh my god. What did he say? What was it? At full strength, nobody can beat us. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh. My dear boy, James. <laughs> <laughs> it does not matter. This is what... Okay, whatever. I This is going to be... Tangent. They're never going to be at full strength. This they're time. never going to be at full strength. James Harden has broken down... How many times has this been, like... I Granted, this has been the worst of it. Um, it's happened a lot in the last couple of years, in part because I guess that's what happens when you play like forty-six minutes per game and in long stretches like for a long 40% time. Forty percent before yeah. Westbrook came, like he was their engine for such a long time, and it's naturally good. He's going to break. To, how old is Harden now? I would have said like thirty-two. He's 31, yeah. Actually, no, he's going to be 32 on Friday. No, Thursday, sorry. Does that mean we're boat right? <laughs> you, basically. He's played th- over 30,000 regular season minutes. Plus 4,800 playoff minutes. That's a lot of miles. You're not even talking about KD, who's obviously had his very serious injury issues. Kyrie Irving, who has, like, recurring injury issues. Yeah, and he's, he's smaller and slighter. Like, he, it, I, I'm not discrediting the Nets or anything like that. They're, they're, no, they're discrediting saw, the books, though, Jordan. Oh, That's yeah, exactly. The, oh, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, we saw, like, even when it's just Kevin Durant, they're very... They they were it came down to him his foot on the line at the end of regulation and a game seven the most epic game seven in Bucks history ever to kind of you know outlast a one man wrecking crew. Um, but I don't think that's I'm not saying this is going to be the norm, but it's more than likely that that's what's going to happen if you you know are a team that's built on those three players and everything revolves around them more than anything else. The the other thing with that is 
if they if you were to play if we are to assume and there's just there's a chance anyway because this is kind of how the nba works so it's particularly when you get guys at that age those miles on the clock that year to year they may never get all all three of those guys are key supporting cast or whatever all healthy in in the postseason and at their best and it matters like if that's the case i think the books may have seen off the scariest version of that already mm-hmm. as in let's say they play the nets a year from now and harden's fully healthy and Kyrie's fully healthy but kd is the one injured i'm fine i'm like yeah okay let's do it this is a lot better than having to go up against that version of kevin durant like in spite of everything else the books the books stared down um not always convincingly but eventually they did they stood at slim reaper's door and they <laughs> they <laughs> they did it's not that wasn't quite um mess eden's level no. of funny for nothing can top mild that. spit take um i i the idea of opening the season against the nets is fun regardless okay. of the fact that the results could be a tough one, particularly after the emotional highs and the distractions of pregame to then, you know, lock in. I mean, if you could you could get your ring and what's the banner go up and then they actually beat the Nets on opening night, well that that's a lot of fun. But I think and you got the way, heat right after too. You got PJ PJ Is he next? Is that yeah. next on the schedule? Oh, I didn't know that. In mm-hmm. Milwaukee? At Miami. But it's still gonna be and, Right after that is Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes revenge game. We got all these revenge games. Brent Forbes in at San Antonio. Okay, so neither of those guys are going to get the rings then. No, but it's a nice little tour. I mean, they. I don't Brent know. Will do, get his a week maybe after. they do get their rings then, and they get ovations. I, or I think it's, it's better to hold it all. Yeah, it's better to hold it all for the home games. PJ's um, will be December fourth. Brins is going to be October thirtieth, which is the week after. The first Spurs game. So they get the Spurs games out of the way. Yeah, okay. Well, that's... That's definitely interesting. Um, Christmas Day, Jordan. Christmas Day, the Milwaukee Bucks will play the Boston Celtics. <laughs> What's going on here? I mean, I don't, I don't have an issue with that, this because I think it's giving the books... signing vaulted it over, over Philadelphia. I think it's a nice Christmas gift the NBA is giving to the books. I just don't quite understand why this would be the decision they'd make. I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll see a bounce back. Uh. Celtics team this year in some fashion. It's hard to get any worse than they were last year. Um, but it's still a little bit puzzling. Uh, ben Selvin, maybe that's when he receives his ring. I don't know. Is Do the Celtics come to Milwaukee before then? I don't believe so. Yeah, possibly not. Um, and two, this is, a, this is what, the, thir- the second straight? No, third straight, 130 Christmas Day game for them. Right? Have the others been at the time? I thought we'd won earlier. What the Knicks game was the to start it off in twenty eighteen, and then I the wish last we'd get one one later. 
just for me. Just they're for, never going to do it. It's though. never in a good time for me. Just to be like, plus, oh. it's usually it's going to be reserved for West teams. Yeah, of course that is. But yeah. the books could play a West team sometime. Like you know, maybe an NBA Finals rematch doesn't that seem like a good idea? We've often seen them on Christmas Day. What we haven't necessarily seen is the champions play like a group of down and outers. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I d- I don't know. Maybe the Celtics will be better than we think, but the Celtics have had an unusual off season. <laughs> with some different things that have happened and it doesn't seem like the most exciting game, but Hey, key takeaway is the books are playing on Christmas. Again, they're playing at home on Christmas. Again, there was a long time where the idea of that was something that, you know, books fans couldn't even imagine. So the fact that it's, it's happening again is a big deal. And none of this, just like the championship, none of it should probably be taken for granted because the time will come where there could be like another 20, 30 year gap from all. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, you ready for the mailbag, Jordan? Let's do it. From at MK Robert, where's Bud's extension? In the mail? I think um, they're haggling over year twenty-two, year twenty-one of that extension. He's not. He's not getting twenty-five years, as, <laughs> as Woj reported on on a recent appearance of the jump. He reported, um, you know, Mike Boonholzer wants a twenty-five-year contract. He is not going to get that. Which I I was curious. Did Woj actually put a phone call in, send a message, be like, "I hear he wants twenty-five years. Are you going to give him twenty-five years?" The like, low post because if he hasn't, <laughs> if he hasn't done that, how does he know he's not getting a twenty-five-year contract? Is Woj playing fast and loose with his reporting? <laughs> I'm just asking the questions here, Jordan. That's I'm just to, asking questions. Um, I was when he said when he dismissed that idea out of hand. I was like, really? How do you know? <laughs> I, was, I was like one of those you know faceless people on Twitter who, when Woj reports something, they they respond with source. Is it that? Um, yeah, exactly. Is it that? Would that be ridiculous? Or like Don Nelson? What was his contract thing? Where they there's something up with his contract. Didn't Don Nelson? It was a handshake. Don Nelson did not have a contract. And yeah. he just you know coached the books for <laughs> guts of a decade without a contract. I'm pretty sure is how that one went. Yeah, what are people worrying? It's good enough for Don Nelson. It's good enough <laughs> for Bud, right? <laughs> This oh, is this is in all seriousness. This is just a matter of time. I don't know. I have seen some tweets from people being like, "What's happening? Why haven't they?" I don't think there's urgency to it because they don't need urgency to it. It's like it's a formality. They're gonna work this out. Um, they may be famous last words. Just when I said it, I felt a little bit, a little bit anxious. But these are the books, after all. You know, some things have changed. Maybe some other things don't. But I, I really do believe this is just a formality. Oh yeah, Bud probably. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say he probably took up those Rick Carlisle rumors. He's like, give me another oh. year on this one. <laughs> give me, give me an extra year instead of your the seven year offer that they're probably offering. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, it's a formality. We all know. We talked about this at the time of the Net series when things are looking very bleak. Um, and we maybe we wanted Bud out or we looked at. Rick Carlisle is a shiny, shiny new toy and all that stuff. 
Um, but they're not going to go into a lame duck year with Bud. That that much is clear. He's he just won a freaking championship. Um, so yeah, it's a the, matter the of only time. complication on this is years because I'm sure Bud will want oh. five yeah. years, which is probably the most security you're realistically going to get in the NBA. And maybe they're there's like, no, oh, there's, what, about, what about three years? There's no, like, because the example I'm going to bring this up, it's not uh, the most encouraging example. Um, but the, in the NFL, cross-sport platform, or talking about another sport again, um, the Raiders signed John Gruden to a 10-year contract. Um, there's no like so to my my question is there's no like re- like regulations on how long a contract can be. No, but obviously, right? but obviously like, they wouldn't sign him. Is that, him is to that a fully guaranteed ten year deal? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, well, the NFL is different, so also it's very different. And plus two, we're yeah, that's another situation that we don't have to go down. But um, yeah, you you're not going to sign Bud to a twelve year contract or whatever i and the other thing with it for all for all blood saying that he wants you know 20 year deal it wasn't actually 25 so again what would you, i don't know if i always got the details right on this it was 20 that Bud brought up jokingly on the low post maybe it's different because he's won a championship now maybe he's just so settled in this where he wants to be don't forget that part of the reason Bud got here in the first place was because he wanted no part of a rebuild in atlanta so, I don't know if Bud is necessarily looking for an overly long contract that could take him into a completely different era of books basketball. I I would be, I'd be curious to see what his his number is on it. I think the four year range, five year range is kind of sweet spot where it's like, yeah looking at the ages of guys in this roster and everything else, let's just, let's agree to that. And if it goes wrong before that, fine. Right. I've got money true then to, uh, that you could pay me off for, but I, I don't think he'd actually want something that's kind of absurdly long because he didn't have appetite for rebuilds before in Atlanta. Maybe more of that was to do with his relationship with ownership there at the end, but I don't think your appetite for that increases when you've actually won a championship as a head coach. So I, I would guess Bud will want, he'll want a, a meaningful long contract with guarantees, but all of the jokes aside, all of Ty Windish's wishes, you know, Mike Budenholzer's number one fan, Ty Windish, um, like 10 year plus, I don't think Bud would necessarily be down for that. From an MK Robert again, do you think War will be able to adjust his approach enough to get normal rotation minutes this season? Right now, I think his approach is Jordan Clarkson-esque, and I'm not sure that gets minutes on a Coach Bud team. I think part of the appeal of Jordan War is that he can be that kind of Jordan Clarkson-esque player. Also, uh, prepare to be shot down about this. If we wanted to rewind the clock back, part of my concerns about Bobby Portis and the book signed him was that he was a Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson player. player. Just yeah. a diff- different position, so maybe that's that probably wasn't a comparison made at the time, or the most obvious, but that's what Bobby was coming to Milwaukee. Honestly, that's what Bobby was for a lot of his time in Milwaukee. He had to try a little bit more on defense, and 
he found ways to hang around because you're on a winning team. And as he saw, if you want to see the floor, it's got to be the right series for that. It's got to be the right kind of matchups. I don't see any reason why War's game, though, can't be something that makes sense to this team if Bobby's good. Um, I'm trying to... Because I do agree. I think I that is obviously... I'm not saying that's going to be a ceiling, but his defense, while he gives effort and all that stuff, is just never going to be polished enough to be um, something you're encouraged by or anything like that. Like it's, it's obviously the barrier for him to have a place in the rotation. Um, is the offense going to be that good enough to overcome that? There's potential there. He, he, we know what he is. He's a microwave scorer. He gets hot in a hurry, but it's also, you know, how does that fit next to it's one thing that you know look really good at in the Olympics, um, look good in summer league, all that stuff. Granted, the level of competition in both examples are is not uh oh, like the for Olympics like, are the Olympics. I mean Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what is that gonna look like when you're playing against or playing alongside Giannis, Chris Drew, if it comes to that, you know? Bud didn't really play a lot of all bench lineups like he did the previous two years prior to last season. So that's where it kind of gets, it's going to be different for him in terms of his role. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. This is, this is the big question. He's obviously the Bucks, you know, prospect that has the brightest future by far. Um, Seen some man's passing. That's true. <laughs> Have um, you seen Yorgos get to the free throw line, George? I have. I have quite a yeah. few times. What Giannis is to or Giannis, what Thanasis is to fouling Yorgos is to free throw line trips. Maybe they could get together and have a conversation and learn a little bit more about both sides of the whistle. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the answer for Thanasis, you know. Former teammate, knows him well, so True. he could be like, This is how I draw fouls. Here's how you give away fouls. Let's you know, let's synergize this thing and come up with a better <laughs> solution for everyone. Um, War is going to be in just larger mix of players. Like that's it's kind of a free for all. It's going to be really up for grabs, not just to start the season but throughout the season. And players will get injured, and COVID may well still be a factor. And when opportunities come for players in the kind of two true four jumble that the books have for minutes. I think you just want to be ready to take your opportunity. And Jordan Moore is a player who can do that. Like we know he can get hot and have a few good games and it may just take doing that. And you vault yourself over some guys. Yep. From at Seacaller one, four, one, who do you want to see get the second two way or what position? Right. Right now as things are, I want a big, <laughs> you are big. Yeah. Really big one. You're talking to me, so of That's course. True. Yeah. But also, they haven't addressed like what happens back up center. It's like you've got you've got Brooke, you've got Bobby, you've got Giannis. Are you playing like are you relying on Tanasis to play a lot of the four? I I still have questions about that. That may work 
fine. And maybe a lot of guys are just going to play up a spot around. Maybe Chris is going to play more forward and than ever, and it all work out fine. But I would still like the security of here's a center. Probably at I the guess five is. I guess this this is muddled by the fact that Mamu. He's on a two way. Well, he's on a two way, but he's also just a weird player to like. He's not a center. I'm sorry. He's not a center. I wish he was, but he's not. It breaks my. But he's also a point. He's a point forward. That's his best. You know what I mean? So he might. I can't believe they drafted him. It's great, like for entertainment value, but just such a weird. I've never been more. I mean, I'm to a championship roster. Be like, yeah, that's the guy. I'm a weird person in the fact that I yeah. try to watch the herd, but now that there's a You're player like him, I might watch the herd. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, they needed someone with like name above the marquee box office value to bring basketball back to Oshkosh. Sandman's it. Yeah, Sandman is going to bring the house down. Um, the nominee nation arena, now known as the Sand Pit. Ooh, that is good. I like that. There we go. Um, Thomas Hayden Church in Spider-Man 3 couldn't do it better himself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So yeah, that's where we want our two... I don't know who... uh, To answer the question. You you reacted when I said a big. So you're thinking of more guard or a wing. Yeah, I'm always just more take take a shot on a guy that you think could be something down the line of that could fit more that way. Be, just because, like, Giannis is, is a big, even though he has Sandman like qualities. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I think that answers my question. I, I shouldn't say anything. I, I don't anymore. disagree with your overall... I disagree with what you just said. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, <laughs> but I don't disagree with your idea. I'm answering based on how the roster stands now. What I would do is I would wave both Elijah Bryant and Mamadi Diakite, and I would try to add a real NBA big, someone with some experience. And then... If you if it's a guard, if it's a wing, if it's a big kind of best player available approach, someone who might be real on the two. You have Marshall Pumley on the two way or no? I'm joking. I was I was making uh, no either way. Um, But yeah, that's what I would do. Is I would try to add on a a real NBA deal, uh, an experienced NBA big of some sort, and then turn to. Whatever, whoever's out there that you're like, yeah, worth a shot. Could be a real player with the with the second two way. From at Seacar one four one. Now that the schedule's released, how many games do you think we punt slash get Tanasis at point guard? The problem for Tanasis at point guard is this roster is just deeper. So there's going to be other real players like in need of minutes and those kind of games. I don't know, though. It's a tough question to answer in advance, particularly with, like, the world still the way it is. <laughs> I know 
around the world everyone's pretending the world is not the way it still is but in a sports sense i mean in sports that are going i don't know if there's much of this happening in baseball is there and in training camps for nfl positive tests no oh, yeah yeah yep. well it's yeah. it's happening in in soccer all throughout europe pretty regularly and it just seems like yeah it's going to continue to be a thing um mm. a lot of athletes not getting vaccinated bad get vaccinated people and then also you know just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you're not gonna get covid um and it's just it's something that people are gonna have to deal with so that may well play a factor in what those games are when they are one thing that did strike me is the books i think i know i shared it with you and ty and rohan jordan i think it was the third the books have the third most games where they'll have the rest advantage over their opponents. I was just about to look at that. Um, um, if it's not third, it might be fourth. But they're they're in a very good position in terms of where opponents will be at a rest disadvantage, where the books might be, you know, on one day off and their opponent is coming in off a back to back or a second leg of a back to back, whatever way it might be. So that is also interesting. Um, the books do have plenty of back to backs, though for themselves in their own schedule and back-to-backs open up opportunities where guys will be rested. So it's a possibility. I think last year was a good template. We now know that for how the regular season could work. I do also think the books would like top two though. Like you don't want to have to try and get through the Brooklyn Nets in the second round ever again. You just count your lucky stars that you did that once and you made that pay. But I, I do think second C that worst is a good a good goal to set yourself and should be perfectly attainable. It's just whether they can strike the same balance in terms of resting and everything to get to that point. But I, I do think that will be something that they may have more in mind. I mean, this has shown them that seeding, it's not the be-all and end-all. You can't overcome it, but I also think it will have made them be like, yeah, we don't need to <laughs> we don't we need, need to play the Nets sooner. And also, like, with the Nets, the longer the longer you can kind of push it off, you know, you never know what happens. Maybe someone else beats them and you don't play them at all. Mm-hmm. And it was just there are other good teams in the East. The Nets are the only team, I fear. <laughs> like, the Nets are the only the only real team where you're like, okay, yeah, this could go a completely different way. And you'd be like, shrug your shoulders and yeah. Um, at their best, are they a better team? Yeah, they are. That's I think that's fine. I think anyone arguing with that is frankly like living on another planet. But that's that's the only thing for me about the regular season is I think top two would be something that they should have in their mind and kind of keep an eye on as the year progresses. You're not going to get overly worried about it. You've seen what can happen from further back, but I think it's a nice goal to have. Mm. From at James Ontario 12, who do you want to start, and how do you see the bench rotation going with our team only having Brooke as a center and Giannis as a small five? I don't know. That's the part that, that latter part of it is what I'm a little bit unsure of. I, I just don't quite have a feel for. I think that... For, it- the answer is going to be evolving over the season. What may be that at near the start of the season isn't necessarily going to be that come playoff time. 
if that makes sense. I just think Giannis at the five in the regular season is not. It's not. It's not. It's not going to look to what you're looking to do in terms of manage things for the postseason. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're going to want to see it a lot during the playoffs. I don't think you're going to want to see it very much at all in the regular season. Maybe Plus, an odd matchup here or there um, when you're playing some of those teams. But as we know, often the approach for those games is actually do the opposite and not show anything that they're going to have to look at in the playoffs. Like <laughs> the, the books may well just play like drop defense and allow the Nets to shoot the lights out in the regular season, as opposed to being like, here's Giannis at the five, expect to see a lot more of it, and we're giving you some practice now. Yeah. Um, Who do you want to start? That was the first part of the question. If if Dante is not healthy, I think it's Pat. I, I am not a very big Dante believer at this point, but my answer would still be Dante. I think he he has somewhat earned that right. Like, it was taken from him just through bad luck on his part. And I do think with the roster the way it is, like, if you could get him to be good, <laughs> a good version of him is still very good for the books. And clearly there's a lot of kind of inbuilt chemistry and Drew is a big fan. Giannis is a big advocate. Like, there's there's something there with that. I think that's where you'd go if he's healthy. I think you're right. I think it's Pat. I don't like any idea, which I know some people have put out there. Even going back to last year, times of Bobby starting and then everything. No thanks. Plus, you can't do that when you've got no other bigs because then you're you're starting your three bigs, no matter what way you want to yeah. argue positionally for them. George Hill is also like a wild card here for start of the season if Dante is not out I think again because there or is Grayson some of that... Allen yeah Grace Allen um I mean that's 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 good have options Jordan that's great <laughs> that's what's gonna be interesting in terms of like how things shake out with their um training camp because I think as we've talked about with the Dante injury and the lack of any clarity or whatever this timeline that they that horse talked about a couple of weeks ago like that is a serious injury He's still recuperating granted it's been you know over a month since we last saw dante um and you know progress is being made but like you still they have um got enough options to kind of insulate themselves in case that Dante's you know recovery takes longer than anticipated and you know is he gonna be the same player I'm not saying that he was you know a world beater by any means or an all-star but he was a crucial rotation player before uh the playoffs you know started um and they go on their run without him and it, yes they did it by you know bare bones of the rotation and all that stuff but um, they did it all the same. Exactly. So now that they have guys like Grayson Allen, Ronnie Hood, um, George Hill can play at the two. They can have a little bit more, you know, interchangeability between George Hill and Drew. Uh, Semi Ojale, I mean, technically, Pats, yeah, everyone could move down. He played the four. There's still they have options, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be interesting. 
from at Jules Esk, with the Nets slash final series matchups in mind, who do the Bucks need to develop and prepare more for the season? Hood or Ojale, or will Giannis have the KD assignment? I think Giannis is going to have to have a lot of the KD assignments, um, but you've just got to develop all those guys equally and see who emerges as you know part of your playoff rotation. It's the same discussion as in terms of trying to work at the starting lineup. Like maybe Grayson Allen's so good that your your rotation is skewing a little bit smaller. Maybe you get a good George Hill year again. Grayson Allen really kind of makes an impact. Dante could still be good. And all of a sudden, where last year it was like there's no guards that could play off the bench, essentially. Next year it could be the opposite. It's like, okay, well, we've got three guys that way. That would free up, I suppose, Giannis, Chris, to take on more of the Durant kind of load, although you still need them for your scoring. But... I mean, between the two players in question, I think it's more realistic that Shemi Ojale is someone that you're going to look to for defense against Durant. I mean, Rodney Hood is a solid defender, but I don't think you're going to put Rodney Hood out there for specialist. Like, Shemi Ojale has not lived up to that, but he has at least had the reps of that, you know, with Giannis in particular, as we all know, that has been part of his role. So if he had a strong year and they feel like he makes some progress, it wouldn't be shocking if he ends up doing something like that. He's definitely the closest they have to that. But I don't think you prioritize that over Rodney Hood because maybe you need what Rodney Hood can give you more. Like maybe you've just got to play the shootout game a little bit more and it's hard to beat the Nets in a shootout. But if the books got the right players and got the right players firing at the right time, you know, they're probably as close as anyone could be. There may just be different elements at play. I think that's going to be the tough thing as the year goes on. It's like you and I in particular, and we've talked about our disappointment to PJ leaving, but with PJ leaving, this is a different team. Like this is a different team. And next year is going to be a different series. So the books could play the Nets again in a conference finals and they could win or lose it for completely different reasons. And that is likely how it would play out. So I think Ojale is the only player you could kind of be like, I guess he could play the PJ Tucker role. But I, I think it's it's dangerous to assume that the series will be played with any kind of PJ Tucker role second time around, mainly because PJ Tucker is gone. And when you make yeah. that decision, you're looking at some different things in the first place. Mm-hmm. From our caddy Jr., can we put Ty on timeout? Get it for making and tweeting that photo. I can only assume, I don't know, making? This is the, the photo that's been circulating of uh, of Rohan shirtless, you know, showing off his abs, right? I don't know, making? Skip caddy. I don't know what you're talking about. This looks like a totally authentic photo that's been doing the rounds. Um, it was only recently that Rohan was offering out thirst traps, right? <laughs> it's like, does anyone want me to tweet out? And then all of a sudden, a few days later, just uh, just saying um this is Rohan, this is for you to take up with ty i'm not i am not getting involved with this i didn't for once i didn't do it and yeah this you know the eurostep co-hosts have to work this one out between themselves but if you haven't seen ty tweeted out a photo a few days ago that maybe you should go check out or rohan might like me to say maybe you shouldn't check out but he <laughs> asked a question so Jordan, does that not say a lot? Does that not imply that Rowan wants all the people to go and look at the photo? 
Yeah. From at Cyan underscore Justin, this is this is for me. Would you rather Pat retires a book with his name in the rafters after a few more title runs? Or Pat declines his player option after this year and moves to a new team. Books still have similar success, but Pat leads the Irish national team to a bronze medal. This is a no-brainer. You say books have similar success, so... Is this, like, the, a few more title runs, his jersey, his name is in the rafters? It's, like, similar success? Does that mean a few more title runs anyway? And in this option, Pat goes, gets to play somewhere else. Great. Who cares, really? Most importantly, though, bronze medal? It, it, the bronze medal hasn't been specified here. I mean, I take Euro basket. That would be, that would be a bolt for the blue. Um... Jordan can attest to this. I did try. I went through every NBA roster and tried to identify players who maybe Pat could get to team up. Not a lot out there. We'd have to do some digging um, back through kind of genealogy for players, see just how recent their Irish ancestry goes. Could we get them passports? Pat's the man for the job. He's used to paperwork Mm -hmm. and business, and he's got all the right contacts. He could get onto embassies, get this approved. He knows a man who knows, you know, Bill Clinton. Like, he knows he knows a couple of men. That's true. So, yeah, it's the latter option. If the Bucks are still winning championships and Pat is also going to lead Ireland to a medal, that's a no-brainer. Pat... You need to bring back Marty Conlon. <laughs> I love how you looked up or there. Pat, you know, like Pat Burke. Pat Burke, which Pat Burke, it's like... Come on, there are there are a few cases like that still in the NBA where you're like, come on, listen to that name. That guy needs to just needs to get his act together and go and suit up. Um, but yeah, Ireland have moved up a tier. Eurobasket qualifiers is now you know that's there. So if these guys want to come and in Pat's case, do what he said he'd do. Stay true to your word, Pat. Come, represent Ireland, and yeah, deliver a medal, please. You know, my standards aren't actually that high. That's very unrealistic. Get to Eurobasket. That would be cool. Yeah. Get to a tournament. That would be fun. You see what happens when you get there, but get there first. All right, Jordan, have you got anything else? Other than urging Pat to play for Ireland. <laughs> no, I think that's it. All right, then. Um... You'll hear from us and Ty and Rohan again very soon um, with a special guest. I won't I won't tease it anymore because it's been teased enough and people listening probably already know. And if they don't, maybe the mystery will be what gets them hooked to check back for the next one. Mm-hmm. So new episode coming in the next couple of days anyway that you will all want to check back for. So make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Eurostep Podcast Network, that's where you'll find all of the winning six episodes all of the Eurostep episodes and all of our crossover Eurostep Podcast Network content leave reviews ratings five stars only that will get Tyra Rohan to read them out they love it they really love it if you can make an inside joke about Ty he really loves that um, most people tell Rohan he's great maybe maybe they could compliment the, the photo right maybe they could just to permanent record Jordan because leave reviews about Ron's apps. I don't know, it's just <laughs> an idea. Um, but yeah. 
we'll be back again very soon. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.